Hey there, hi there, ho there, hello there, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics. We have results, we have exhibitions and games to talk about this week, and I know we're all excited to be able to actually talk about reality instead of conjecture as the week goes on with U of L women's sports with field hockey and women's soccer in action and volleyball will be in action later on today with their red and black scrimmage we'll have at least a couple of our crew there Uh, i haven't decided whether i'm going to go down or not i probably won't but uh we got to have a good representation between jared and jeff will be there so we'll certainly find out more about that on sunday on jeff's article a crew of four in the house tonight with uh, Daryl being at the bats with her job. So we've got Casey, me, Jared, and Jeff to bring you the broadcast today as we like to do at the start of the show. Let's kind of just catch up with the guys quickly and see what's going on in their world. Uh, Jeff was telling me a busy week at work for him. So uh, elaborate, sir. Yeah, same old, same old. Uh, you know, it's it's, you know fairly small company so it's always busy i think that's kind of a truism but uh you know we've been we've been on this project that we're trying to get a new capability deployed um and we're getting very very close which is exciting um so work has been busy um on the personal side i've got pretty much all the parts for uh the electronics work that i'm doing with my nephew's uh, bottle rocket so um, he's about bouncing off the walls in excitement too, I think. So uh, start putting that together and writing some code for that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be new territory for me. You I'm excited. Got, uh, it rained out the last Saturday, didn't you? Was there a plan uh, on doing that? No, we were going to work on putting it together, which we did some of that. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's it's not ready to fly yet. So, so get there. Orville to Wilbur. We're not yeah. ready to fly yet, buddy. Okay. Yeah, let's get there. Did you get a chance to see you Thursday night at Women's Soccer? Or yeah. did you see Abby in the house there? And uh, certainly was uh, a, a fun one. Yeah, it was a very spur of the moment thing. Uh, I'd gone out to dinner and, and grabbed some dinner. I was like, man, that's actually a pretty nice day. I should go down and watch some soccer. And then I looked down and realized I was wearing a green shirt. So I ran back home, changed <laughs> shirts, uh, to get a U of L shirt on, and then uh, went down there. So yeah, and it was fun. It was nice. It was, just a touch on the warm side, but but very pleasant. Um, yeah, enjoyed it. A couple of long trains. It was fun. Always carry that spare shirt in the car, sir. Yeah. It comes in handy at times. Yeah. Case was not with us. He was out of town for the game that took place on Thursday night, but I'm sure he's had some interesting anecdotes to share with us. That's super interesting. Uh, I'm still trying to wake up. I guess yeah, it was on Pacific time uh, all week, so it is a little disorienting. Um, That's always rough. It's just <laughs> enough. Yeah, hey, we we actually talked about. I had another friend who happened to be uh, in California for work, um, and we were talking about how three hours is just the awkward time zone shift to be yeah. away from like your family because there's never really a good time to talk during the work week. Um, we we thought that maybe uh, 
we have a buddy who's had to travel to Germany for work. I thought surely that was worse, and he said, "No, you know, five to six hours isn't that bad because you can usually line up a morning with an evening or with lunch or something." So, um, yeah, it was, you get that five or six hours, you can just force a reset, kind of a bodily reset on it. But if it's three hours, it's just enough that it's like you can't force a full reset, but it's still out of kilter. Yeah, it was it was double weird for me <laughs> this week because I could never get to sleep. I don't know why, but uh, I ended up staying up till like eleven thirty or twelve every day, and then getting up at six a.m. and then I don't know. It was it was it was definitely weird, but it was a nice trip. Um, it was pretty warm in Reno. Actually, rained a couple of days. Um, so it's, they they were getting the monsoon uh, remnants from, oh, up, heard from about that. up from Southern California. So yeah, uh, not too bad. But yeah, travel was. Uh, surprisingly easy, no complaints there. But I didn't get to watch the soccer game. I tried to tried to pull it up, uh, but I think my work laptop was um, maybe blocking my ESPN TV sign in. And then uh, the you don't, ho- you, don't, you don't travel with two laptops. I thought everybody. <laughs> well, I had that. my iPad too, but uh, <laughs> the the, ho- the hotel Wi-Fi was desperately slow uh, uh, so I thought maybe I'd use my hotspot on my phone and then it was also desperately slow and I was like this is not gonna <laughs> work out <laughs> for me so I just kind of abandoned that effort and it is you know when I was younger I had a hard time sleeping on the road as well strange bed different circumstances you know stuff like that now it's pretty much uh, I, c- I can sleep anywhere unless it's a you know a, a battlefield going on with rockets landing all around me. That might keep me awake a little bit. But other than that, uh, once you I fall get... asleep in the middle of the show. We're going to have a problem. Well, <laughs> you know, there there have been times, and then I hate to throw this on myself, at certain athletic events that I've yeah. over the last couple of years where I found myself with my head in my hand, kind of leaning down, pretending like I was looking at the score on my tablet. But. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> The eyes were closing on me. Okay, so yeah, yeah pa- Paul's falling asleep in overtime on us. Yeah, I have yeah. I have dozed in a athletic event in which I was participating. <laughs> yeah, pretty good defensive line, eh? Yeah, rec, rec, league, rec league soccer can get a little uh, um, imbalanced yeah. depending on the teams. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> hey, Kay, who's playing goalie? Case now he's asleep. I was just leaning up against the post. Yeah, yeah. So who could I text now? Hmm. With a good enough defensive line, you could take a nap back there. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think the ball spent very much time in our defensive half that game. <laughs> much less, much less anywhere funny. near me threatening. You're back there watching funny cat videos. Oh, look at that. He's oh, chasing no. himself around. Not back then. Smartphones hadn't been invented. That's true. <laughs> that, that was your God, I can't. Yeah, I can't believe you're actually old enough to remember that. Okay. Good enough. Fair. I like it. Jared in house with us today. Jared been a busy man with the camera. Of course, taking photos and alerted me to the AC Milan team being right next to me Thursday night. We were there at women's soccer. They were in the booth reserved for dignitaries at Lynn Stadium. I guess you could consider them a dignitary kind of status, couldn't you, Jared? Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of cool that with them in town, even though they had already wrapped up their portion of play and we're getting ready to head back home that they made it out for a while to watch the match and then also Rose Lavelle being there was another cool one which 
Uh, I think her team may have still been playing or had just been knocked. I can't remember the, the status of that one. But, you know, when you have a lot of professional soccer players from uh, different countries and kind of around the U.S. there at a L game, I think it's, well, first it's great marketing material, but also it's, it's good for recruits. Uh, when you're out there on the recruiting trail and you're like, hey, look who came to see our match this week. Uh, and just being able to perform in front of some top-tier international players. So I, I thought that was really cool that they made it out for the match. I, I didn't really actually realize it was them until later on. I thought it might have been some kind of high school team that was up there watching or stuff like that. So I was glancing over at them with interest, and then when I found out it was Rose, I actually took the back of his court card and wrote in big block letters, Hi, Rose, and held it up. <laughs> and when she glanced over to see it, she saw it, and she waved and blew me a kiss, and I immediately sent Jared over to get her phone number, but unfortunately, <laughs> no, just kidding. There was she, a fine young lass there. I do like her a lot. Uh, and as for me, yeah, the the week has been, you know, the fairly humdrum, boring, except for uh, I do go down and have some tests run on me at uh, what we call Audubon Hospital here in town. And I want advice to anybody who's listening out there. Do not, repeat, do not ever go through the Lexi stress test. Uh, one of several I had done on me. This is basically where they run an IV into your arm and say, instead of putting you on a treadmill and making you run on the treadmill until you are worn out, we want to see how your heart is doing under extreme fatigue. We have a drug we can inject into you that will make you very, very tired for a minute. And then you will come back. And they weren't lying, folks. You know, they were not lying one bit. Uh, they put that stuff in my IV, and then uh, about uh, 10 seconds later, I felt like my lungs had collapsed. Hmm. And that lasted for about, a, I'm going to say a good 30 seconds where I was really panicking because I wasn't getting no breath. It is like I'd just climbed 10 flights of stairs. But finally, it came back. But uh, having gone through that before, I can say I've experienced it. I've done it, and I hope to never have to do it again because uh, the Lexi stress test. Stay away. Do not go. If they give you your choice, go on the treadmill. That's much better, I think. Oh, well. That was my life for the last week. But uh, we certainly have more interesting things to talk about than me going for lab work. Let's go ahead and get into some scheduling and Twitter information. And we'll let Case go ahead and, and bring us that with stuff on a schedule to talk about. Yeah, plenty. And uh, they finally added field hockey to the composite calendar. I checked that um, this morning just to be sure. Uh, the first thing that we have today, as we've alluded to, a few people running out to uh, LNN Federal Credit Union Arena in the basement of the um, Student Activity Center down on campus is the Red and Black Scrimmage for UofL Volleyball. That one is it. 2 p.m. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it later. Always a good event. Um, I think they do a good job of mixing promotion and practice uh, with that one. Field hockey taking on Bellarmine tomorrow in their second and final preseason scrimmage. Could be third if they had a closed one, but uh, second official um, preseason scrimmage. That one's at 1 p.m. at Traeger Stadium. Uh, free admission over there. Don't know what the weather's supposed to be like tomorrow. Didn't check that, but uh, if it's going to be nice, could head out there. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off uh, as they frequently 
are in uh, the fall season just because of the the way that uh, games shake themselves out with these sports but they could get more busy later in the in the season Thursday men's soccer will open their season officially uh, taking on St. Louis that's in a doubleheader with women's soccer who plays their second game uh, against Xavier men's soccer at 5 p.m. women's soccer at 7 30 uh, that one is listed with a watch link uh, in the schedule so I think I'm, I'm gonna cut in on you there real quick case I think that's also going to be their annual Hispanic heritage night as well so there should be some performances by uh, some Hispanic members and whatnot. I think that's correct. Looking at the yeah, uh, Noche de Familia y Amigas. Yeah, I, Prince, I was going to say I saw night. that that promo on the scoreboard Thursday night, and I was like, um, oh, okay, that's Spanish. So there must be a Hispanic or Spanish theme going on there. So. Yeah, I think they do. Uh, they have the cultural center events and and things like yeah. that. Um, so yes, that one. Uh, doubleheader starting at five. Uh, you don't have to attend both. I think both are free. Men's soccer is Correct. free this season as well. So you can just head out anytime uh, after five and and get to watch both teams. That is going to be kind of a bear though if you're only going for women's soccer. And in my case, where I try to get in close and kind of park near or in a handicap area where I can get in the gate easy, with the women's having the second game. Uh, I'm pretty sure parking anywhere in and around Lynn is going to be gone with the men taking it all up. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be difficult. Um, one that we haven't experienced because, like we talked about last week, I think this is the first time when they've done one of these double headers. Uh, usually they're on Friday, so that's one difference that this one's on Thursday, and uh, the women are almost always first. So yeah. uh, it'll be new for everybody, and uh, I believe football. Are they doing open practices this season? I, hmm, I haven't seen much on that. No. So, so if they are, then you'll have even more traffic to contend with down there uh, as they get ready for um, the football season to start in the next couple of weeks. As we move to Friday, volleyball gets their season started officially. They're heading up to Vermilion, South Dakota. Don't know if that's how they say it in South Dakota, but not really sure how else you could. They're taking on North Kentucky, Northern Kentucky at uh, 11 a.m. on Friday. So that's, I guess, a 10 a.m. start there. Um, yeah. Well, if it's listed on the co-card side, it's probably listed in Eastern time. So Sure, sure. Yeah, oh, just, yeah 10 a.m. for them on local them, time yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. correct. Uh, and then they'll get a huge break because they don't play again until 8 p.m. when they take on South Dakota. Um Splitting those, but not by much. Field hockey is taking on uh, Bucknell in University Park, Pennsylvania, uh, hosted by Penn State. That game is at 7.30 p.m. There is no video listed for that one. If it does end up on video, though, that would be on Big Ten Network Plus, which I'm pretty sure is a paid uh, oh, yeah. premium site. <laughs> oh, yeah. They try to hit you up, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you may just have to catch the recap from that one. Or, or follow along on sidearm, yeah. Sidearm stats and see what you get there. Or whoever they use. I don't know if that is determined by the sport or by the hosting. Pretty much by the host school. Uh, of course, we're on stat broadcast. I'm not sure what Penn State uses, though. So we'll just have to 
<laughs> keep an eye out. And uh, you could always follow along, as uh, we'll get to with the Twitter accounts. Um, they'll tweet about those as they as they go. And then uh, Saturday, uh, we'll be on the air again, but uh, volleyball will wrap up their event in South Dakota, taking on Mizzou. So, uh, interesting little trio of teams to play there. As for the Twitter accounts that I mentioned, I tweet is at uh, Best Case Scenario, BST Case Scenario. Polly is at Cardinal Couple. Jeff is at Card Couple Radio and at Jeff McAdams. Uh, Jared is at Mr. Anderson. Jared. Daryl is at Daryl Faust 4. And the right side of the Cardinal Couple website, cardinalcouple.com, keeps a Twitter list running that looks at all of the women's uh, athletics accounts as well as a few other accounts to follow along with. And that, and that it does. It does indeed. Make sure and catch that. On a daily basis, as it updates, and of course, always catch the daily articles at Cardinal Couple. Case had a really nice write-up today of the field hockey game, which uh, primarily we didn't have a whole lot to go on about this scrimmage, <clears throat> finding information on it. It was kind of tough, but uh, Case came through, and then certainly uh, saw some other stuff in there, too, that kind of helped show what happened as the cards traveled up to Miami of Ohio. Up there, uh, a team that is in the same conference as Bellarmine as well, uh, who we play next. Miami of Ohio, I think, is the preseason favorite maybe to win field hockey up there. In, in, and I think that's the MAC. Am I right on that? The MAC conference, guys? You are correct. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to make sure I was. Because I was going to say AAC, and I say no, they're not in the AAC. They're in the MAC. But uh, a little one up there to face Miami of Ohio. And... Uh, as Justine Sarri kind of warned us in the warned us in the uh, media day that they had down at Louisville on Wednesday, we're a young team. They certainly are a young team. They do have some veterans, but a lot of the team is young. As the Cards took a two to one win, where they had to go through regulation, overtime, and then two shootouts. Two shootouts before they could determine a winner. If it had been women's soccer, it would have ended in a 1-1 tie, as we well know. But no field hockey still has the extra play. Maddie Tabor getting the winning goal for the cards in the shootout to get us by. Very pesky and very, very good Miami of Ohio shootout squad. Uh, in case, uh, I kind of expect a little bigger win by the cards on this one, but they still at least got the W on the road, and that's always good. Yeah, definitely um, not the result you expect uh victory is a victory uh but uh, i alluded to it in the article familiarity can uh have a really big impact on the way that you play against a team that maybe you think you should uh, perform a little better against but miami's is a pretty decent team and Louisville has played them a lot uh, they return uh, i believe looking at it they returned quite a few more uh veterans than Louisville, or at least uh more regular players, I suppose, uh, than the cards did. So, so they had some more, to use the word familiarity again, uh, more familiarity with themselves as a team, um, as well as having played Louisville in the past. Louisville's offense, like we talked about, um, we thought it might struggle <laughs> with some of the losses that they suffered. 
uh, as far as players and roster go, but they were able to score two goals, well, score one goal. Definitely would have liked to see more considering the number of shots they had. Um, and as I'm sure we'll talk about today and plenty more in the future, the penalty corner uh, lack of success, pretty rough. So uh, they, they, they turned it into a win, um, took two two shots in the uh, golden goal shootout to get there, but uh, Matty Tabor played the hero and um, and they <laughs> got out of there. I, I said that Justine Zowery probably agreed to the full uh, overtime sequence format uh, only because she expected that they would not have to touch any of it, but, you know, that they're going <laughs> to be a little bit, hopefully get some rest today while they watch film before they have to play um, Bellerman less than... Uh, less than 48 hours after that game against Miami ended. We had had some speculation on who might get the start in goal for the cards, but Justine Sauer made it fairly clear in the media day that Sasha Elliott, our transfer in from VCU, was quite an experienced and talented player. And it led me to believe that she would get the start, and she did, and she played all 70 minutes in goalkeep for the cards. Uh, the rest of the starting lineup here, Jared, you know, let's, let's just run a dead real quick. We had Sophie Pendolino as a back. She didn't see a lot of time last year, but she did play some. Uh, we had a Kelsey McCrudden up on forward, and uh, she didn't, you know, hardly do anything at all, uh, but it was out there. Uh, Katie Schneider, who we well remember, was a forward, and Maddie Tabor ran up to forward. So uh, kind of interesting there to, to see how she kind of mixed – some of the newer players and some of the more experienced, Jared. Yeah, as we've mentioned, it's a, a young team. And as Justin Zaris mentioned, it's a young team, a lot of new faces. I think a lot of them are still just trying to use to the collegiate style of play, learn the system, which does take some time. Uh, Justin Sari runs a fairly complex defensive system. Uh, so it's not easy for anybody to learn. Um, so I, I get wanting to kind of incorporate some of your newer faces in with your veterans just so you're not feeling as exposed uh that way in case there may be a miscue here and there you've got some of your veterans who may be able to pick up some of the slack uh good way to do it but you do need to get your players playing time and experience early on uh, just so they are going to be better equipped if the time were to come when they've got to play in a regular season match which will probably happen at some point uh Defensively, I'm still not too worried. As you mentioned, Sophia Pendolino's back, and she saw a fair amount of time last year. Should see an increased amount this year. Uh, India Reed should be back there again defensively. Uh, she's definitely been a pretty solid defensive player when you're going one-on-one -on -one against the opponent. Uh, Julie Cowazer's back there still. Uh, another really strong defender. So defense, not too worried. And having that veteran goalkeeper is nice. The offensive side. I think you need to let your veterans kind of power through and lead the offense, but they need to try and find some opportunities for the younger players going forward because you've got a lot of senior slash super senior with the COVID rules, and then you have a lot of freshmen. Uh, so I think there's a bit of a small gap in terms of your middle-class men, middle-class players, however you officially call them. Uh, so you also have to not only prepare for this season, but you need to start preparing and building the program for future years, too. Julie Kowiser, as you mentioned earlier, 
I did not see any action in the scrimmage, which did kind of surprise me a little bit. Uh, she was actually one of the two players that was up there with Coach Sari in the, the media day. And so uh, the way she talked and everything, she was looking forward to getting things started. And Coach was expressing a lot of confidence in her. So I don't know if she got injured in practice or what happened to her, but uh, she did not play against Miami. We'll see if she comes back out before the Bellarmine contest. Some uh, names that we'll all remember if you're a soccer fan, that midfielder, though, is uh, Amy Plum was out there. Mia Dutras was out there. Uh, Kaz was out there. Amelia Kaz Markitkin also. India Reed and Amanda Tremonti all at the midfielder positions. As Sari went with six midfielders in this one. I find that formation kind of interesting, Jeff. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of people for it's an 11 person squad out on the field. So it's like much like soccer. It's Moreno 11. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's a lot of people just to have in the midfield. I suspect a lot of them are ranging forward and backwards more than uh, than just staying in midfield. I mean, we see that in soccer a lot as well. Uh, with Karen Ferguson days, you got Raven Alexander in the back. He's frequently up front leading charges, even though she's technically in the back line. So, um, you know, I suspect that's a, hey, we that gives us a lot of flexibility uh, by moving people around and shifting shifting offenses and shifting defenses. So um, I have that to wonder would be too, my take on that. I have to wonder, too, if that's just um, sidearm stats pulling that directly from the roster, but given sure. positions, because um, I think that you would see the same uh, weirdness with the Louisville soccer roster. Uh, or okay. a starting lineup because they only list one back, three forwards, yeah. and six midfielders, and it that doesn't seem like the structure that they would have played. Right. <laughs> um, so just one of those weird situations. But y- you never really know. I-, I don't know enough about field hockey positions and lineups to say that that couldn't be feasible. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know if you actually specify that in the lineup as to what position they're playing, like you would in a softball or baseball game, where you're explicitly saying, you know, third base, third, you know, shortstop, whatever. Um, I don't know if they do that for lineups in sports like field hockey and you know, field sports like field hockey, soccer, lacrosse. So it may, like you said, it may just be pulled from a roster listing that's saying, oh, they're listed as a midfielder. So, eh, you know, the actual stats of the game and I'll just run through a couple of these real quickly with you all. Louisville had a definite shot advantage 23-8 to eight on the Red Hawks. Shots on goal, they had 11 compared to 7 for the Red Hawks. So uh, the cards a little more dominant offensively. It looked like the one that we've all kind of earmarked and pointed at and you know, wrung our hands and, and, and quivered and shaked about was the corners where Louisville received seven corner opportunities compared to just five from Miami and the cards won a sparkling over 11 from the corner. Uh, not sure, maybe just first game exhibition, pregame kind of learning how to do this jitters and stuff, although I would have thought they would have practiced this fairly extensively before the actual Miami game. But, uh, hey, uh, you know what, Jared? That's not a good look for us on corners at all, pal. No, you definitely don't want to go in over when you have that many corner opportunities. That's, uh, I'm Like you said, I'm sure that's something that's been practiced plenty during their practice and training sessions. 
Uh, so I'm not sure if they were just trying out different, uh, I don't want to really call them plays, but formations with the corners, just seeing what might be more effective or what shows more promise, or maybe uh, the attackers that receive the corners, maybe there's just some issues with accuracy. Uh, you always face look at the chance that on there could be kind of a goofed up uh, kind of feeding opportunity where somebody's got to stop the ball and maybe they don't stop it properly or it kind of ricochets. Uh, without being able to see it, it's kind of hard to tell what exactly caused some of the faults there with the corners, but hopefully we'll see that improve for tomorrow and then once the regular season starts. Jeff Walsh, or excuse me, I'll, I'll go to you next on this, the case that we also saw one of the freshmen that uh, Coach Sarah and both the players that were at the actual fall sports day mentioned as a freshman to watch and one that they liked to wall out in Izzy Bianco, who she actually saw 42 minutes, ended up taking three shots as well, including two on goal, which uh, was second highest on the team for that game of shots on goal behind Katie Snyder. So uh, a good effort from Izzy. Yeah, and she actually played more minutes than four of the starters. Uh, so she was definitely getting a lot of run out there. Um, that We've seen Louisville have a lot of success with freshmen uh, in field hockey. It's a sport that um, really good players can adapt to the change from uh, high school to, to college really quickly. Uh, so to see her have a lot of success, uh, she actually had more shots than any player on Miami's team. And like you said, uh, tied for third uh, behind Plum and, and Schneider. So um, a good effort. She wasn't able to put the, any of those in the goal, but uh, neither was most of the rest of Lowell's team. <laughs> so uh, you'll take what you can get with um, causing havoc uh, there on offense and uh, hopefully can convert some of those shots, uh, of which they had 23 only 11 they put on goal, so not a great percentage there, but uh, convert more shot opportunities uh, into into goals. But you have to take the shots to make the shots, so good to see a lot of effort there from the cards. So uh, just to kind of wrap up field hockey a little bit, a win on the road, which is always good in preseason exhibition, first time out. You like that, you're not coming home with a loss. You bring in Bellerman on Sunday, first uh the cards have played Bellerman several times over the past couple years, usually always in an exhibition type of capacity, even though Bellerman is now Division One, They're still treating this one as kind of an exhibition game. I don't expect the cards will have a lot of trouble with Bellerman on Sunday, and there's a good chance, I think, guys, that uh, Coach Sowery may go a little deeper into who she's got on the bench to see who's at their uh, – whether Sasha plays, uh, you know, the entire 90 minutes in that one or not, we'll have to wait and see at goalkeep. But uh, I think it'll be a little easier go for Louisville against Bellerman on Sunday. So uh, if you're listening, come on out. It's always fun to watch Louisville field hockey. And it's a brand-new turf and a great scoreboard where I can finally see it now across from the press box. And Jared promises to try and take on the new sprinkler system as well at halftime see how far he can be shot across the field by the force of rushing perfect water. Right. Yeah, depending on the weather, might need a shower there at halftime. There you go. You just might have to get cleaned up. Let's go back to Thursday night where the guards were in Lynn Stadium and started the regular season. As I put in the article, they doused the UIC Flames 
three to nothing to open the regular season. UFC, of course, standing for University of Illinois, Chicago. And the Flames came in here. Uh, the first half was the story. The Cards scored all three, and their goal was in that first half. And uh, I was impressed with the way they looked in the first half, Jared, but the second half was kind of, kind of, you know, average, I think. Yeah, you do need to account for that. She subbed a lot more in the second half, a lot of newer faces, uh, different looks going on. Uh, so a lot of players still trying to get a feel for to this level of play. So I'm not as concerned there. I thought there was a couple you know, scoring opportunities there in the second half that uh, they just didn't capitalize on. And I thought there was definitely at least one or two uh, open goal opportunities that the cards missed in the first half. One of those was a point blank range miss, kind of off of a, you know, across from the box there. Oh, was that Raven? Or, I can't remember who that was. I think the assist was going to be Raven, and then the uh, the goal was Morgan, and she just uh, oh, that's right, chipped, yeah, ch- chipped it over the crossbar. I it's think a, a lot of that is your early season jitters, getting a little antsy, wanting to, to score, and then you don't slow the game down and think about what you're doing and you just rush it. So it happens. Uh, not overly concerned. You know, the, the chances are there. I think you just have to learn how to finish. I still think the team needs to communicate a lot better out on the court. It's still fairly quiet on Louisville side there, which uh, you don't want to see now that we are in regular season, you should have at least somebody up there kind of taking charge, uh, commanding, uh, the players out there on the pitch. Uh, hopefully, we'll see somebody step up and do that because you're going to have a lot of intercepted passes when you're not communicating, as well as just missing an open player here and there. So hopefully, yeah, we'll I, see that change. I think Morgan wanted the uh, the ground to rise up and swallow her and sink her after missing that wide open chippy. Because uh, I mean, there was nobody there except Jared taking photos behind the net, and uh, she just. Uh, she put too much of an arc on it, and it went way over the goal. But so a good try, anyway. Uh, the cards actually, uh, in kind of a deja vu sequence from the Cincinnati exhibition, got their first half, first two scores from Carson Cherry, and also one from Macy Whitsett. And if you'll think back to the last or the previous contest, those were the two that scored at the exhibition win over Cincinnati. That did get broken, though, with another goal in the third goal for the half when Autumn Weeks, who came to Louisville from the IUPUI, knocked in the third goal to give the Cards a substantial 3 nothing halftime lead. Uh, I know case you didn't get to watch it too much, but Jeff, you were out there and saw it. Uh, I was expecting a few more goals in the second half, but was certainly happy with the first half performance. Yeah, certainly it was a it was a um, high paced uh, opening to the game. Uh, two goals within what ten minutes? Uh, the first ten minutes, another near the end of the half, but then like the the second half became well, two things: defensive uh, intensity was just amazing, but also just you know a bajillion offsides calls. So. Um, it had to be frustrating, uh, you know. Maybe I don't know how much, you know, excitement and jitters, but uh, it had some off, a lot of offside calls in the second half, and a lot of them were not even close. So that was a little concerning to see some of that, uh, a little bit of a, a worry about uh, um, 
need to kind of get that cleaned up a little bit. But uh, yeah, certainly expected a much higher pace given the opening of it. But uh, settled down and and uh, had a had a good match the rest of the way. You know, case we have talked about the cards increased speed this season uh certainly maybe with eight offside calls uh maybe that speed is seven of them in the second half too that was the amazing part of it that speed uh needs to slow down maybe a little bit here huh or uh use the speed and not the position um you know it can easily come to a point where a lot of offsides calls and not having watched them can be Bad luck. Uh, maybe somebody just—I um, don't know. Maybe a, a defender stepped off right at the at the right time, and and kept or put someone off sides, um, or uh, someone just happened to to get caught up or, or or something. Or they can be the result of being over eager. Uh, you think you've got a good through ball set up, and you, you're going to run through. Uh, takes a step or two too long for that pass to come. Um, and then you're offsides. Uh, that goes back to to some of the communication issues that Jared was talking about. It, they've still not fully gelled offensively. Uh, it's it's more a new look offense than it is a new look defense. Um, and they're still trying to to figure out exactly how that's going to work out. Um, and even with the the consistent defense, they're still trying to figure out how uh, they're going to play the ball forward uh, if some of those offsides come from the back. So. Uh, the communication will be a big part of it, continuing to play together, uh, getting their formation nailed down, getting their positioning and, and how they want to play sorted out uh, to prevent you from you know, getting caught off sides just because someone didn't pass it early enough or because you didn't realize they were going to play a through ball and you didn't hustle to get back uh, onside or, or, or whatever that is. Um, it's unfortunate, but when you, when you end up taking... Uh, 18 total shots and you get 10 corner kicks um, with that kind of offensive um, that kind of offensive dominance uh, keeping the ball in the opposing half uh, you're going to very frequently end up with a lot of offsides just because of the just the volume of time that the ball spends in a in a situation where you could easily be caught offsides so 7 uh, or 8 sorry is a lot <laughs> But uh, 10 corner kicks and 18 shots is also a lot. So uh, they spent a lot of time, like I said, in, in the offensive half. And I think that they'll clean that up. Um, not something to be too concerned about given the, the rest of the game state. The cards allowed a mere two shots. None of them on goal by UIC. Which when you combine that with the one shot they allowed Cincinnati in the exhibition, the defense is doing some pretty spectacular things right now so far. Uh, obviously, they are going to be tested a tad more, though, when they take on number 24 in the nation, Xavier, next. Yes, the Xavier Muskies are actually ranked right now, and they'll come into Lynn on Thursday night, a Musketeer squad that uh, also played on Thursday night, as Louisville did. They got a one nothing win over... Western Kentucky squad up in uh, Cincinnati that uh, Western Kentucky squad it's always given a little you know, their fair share of headaches in the past I think they were able to uh, knock off though the hilltoppers up on their in their field on the uh, the north 
east side of Cincinnati on the Xavier campus. Uh, so, Jared, this is going to be a toughie with Xavier coming in the uh, rank squad. Oh, yeah. It's going to be uh, their first true challenge of the season. Uh, you've kind of got a lot more going on at the stadium as well. As we mentioned, there's the doubleheader as well as the uh, friends and family of Hispanic Heritage Night going on. So there's a, a few extra distractions that are going on as well. So uh, staying focused is going to be key. Uh, you know, you just got to kind of block off everything that's going on in the stadium and around you. Just really focus on what's going on on the pitch. Uh, we've already mentioned multiple times, you've, you've got to communicate. Once you get to some of these higher level teams, if you're not communicating, they're going to roll all over you. Uh, I think offense has hit some really good looks. So far, defense has been sound and structured. Uh, they'll see a little bit more pressure with a, a stronger group in Xavier than they have with Cincinnati or USC. Uh, so I think we're going to see a much more evenly matched game. Uh, that could potentially swing either way, and you hope that maybe the crowd can help factor and get momentum staying with Louisville. Hopefully uh, some of the uh, people who come for the men's game will stay around and also yell and support for the women on Thursday night as well. We certainly hope so. Uh, Jared and I did catch up with uh, Coach Ann Macy Woodson after the game. We even got a train to come by to you know, give us a little bit of background challenge, and also they refused to turn down the music up in the press box. So uh, challenging conditions, yes, to do a post-game interview, but both Coach and Macy came through with fine colors and did well on it. Uh, and, and Jared and I were actually rushed down to the field to do these in what is a rarity that we've experienced in women's soccer we did not have to wait 10, 15 minutes for Coach Ferguson Days to finish talking with her coaches and the team and stuff like that. Uh, our new SID said, we're going to do this thing fast. And he was actually motioning for Jared now to come down on the field while we were still in the press box backing up, packing up our things and getting ready to go down there. So uh, that was a nice kind of change of pace to actually get down there, have a brief minute to catch my breath, and then all of a sudden here comes Coach for an interview. We like that. That's very good. Uh, and I was a little bit surprised that they went it that way, Jared, but I don't know if it was something that the, our new SID kind of requested of Coach or whether it's something Coach wanted. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Matt just wanted to try and get the post game done, get the quotes done, get back up. And, you know, they, they have to type their recap too and upload pictures and videos. So they, when you have a lot of interns and you're still training some of those new interns, maybe he's just like, look, the quicker we can get this stuff done, the quicker I can get back up there and, and help all my new folks out and show them what to do. So, But you, for you and I, saving those extra minutes was really nice. I had to be at work uh, quite early the next morning, so every minute that I can get out there quicker helps. That was nice indeed to have that. And uh, So look, with two sports kind of wrapped up here in succinct, well, let's go to the one that's going to get underway today with an exhibition, and that is volleyball. Jeff has been bouncing up and down in his chair waiting for this one since the start. <laughs> yeah, <of the> show. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start uh, let's, with you. Let's say I've been bouncing up and down in my chair waiting for this one to start since April. 
<laughs> and, and that chair is going to need an overall if he's been doing that since April. Okay. But yeah, uh, the red and black today, always a fun event. It's a free event. I'm sure it'll be packed in there. Just some of your thoughts on that one, Jeff. Uh, yeah, it is free, but uh, it is, uh, they are doing air, air quote tickets. Um, I don't know how seriously that's going to be. It is first come first served for them. Um, which is part of why I'm going to be making a mad dash out the door as soon as we're done here to be able to make sure and get down there. Um, keeping in mind what happened during the spring exhibition season play when there were several hundred people in a line out front that weren't being let in because the place was full. Uh, so uh, I was also just Look, Jeff, hang on before you continue. Don't act like you won't be able to get in if there's a line. People will just wave <laughs> you into the I, arena. I don't know that, but you can uh, always use the media bully. Uh -huh. Yeah, maybe, but I, Je I Jeff, probably... Jeff gets to go through the special line that's for like the friends and family, like will call tickets. I, I, do, I, I do sometimes get on the pass list <laughs> for away matches, but they won't let anybody else in the arena until they let Jeff. Till Jeff just walk forward and say, <laughs> "Media, media, excuse me, pardon yeah, me." I mean, hey, I can hi, how are you doing, media? Probably media. pull that off. But, <laughs> Usher, yeah, ushers are going to kick people out of your seat. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, just find Tom Curley and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, yeah, but I, so I was also just looking at uh, the tickets for the Notre Dame match at the Kansas Young Center, and because uh, I hadn't ordered mine yet. Uh, and uh, guys, there's a lot of tickets sold already for that, and that's late season. Um, so this is becoming a hot ticket event. Volleyball is in general. So uh, if you're going to go down, I would I would suggest getting down there early to make sure that you can get in and get a seat. Um, I think so. In spring, there was the uh, the big uh, JBC tournament going on at the fairgrounds, so that brought a bunch of people out. We're not going to have that situation here today, so there's probably a better chance of being able to get in without too much trouble. But just to be sure, you know, we heard this past week, two weeks ago, about, you know, season tickets. There's like a 350-plus long waiting line for them at this point. Um, sold out season tickets. Single-game tickets will be available throughout the season. Um, I don't know how many. May not be many, but uh, there will be some available. Um, but again, those are first come, first serve, and they may be standing room only at this point. So, uh, but anyway, today, uh, Red and Black Scrimmage, it is always a fun event. It's always a little loose, it's always a little fun, um, you know, um, stretching some things and, you know, being a little loose on some of the rules sometimes, players switching teams, you know, all kinds of craziness. But um, it's a lot of fun. It's a good chance for everybody to kind of get a preview of what the team's going to look like. We have a pretty good sense of what that's going to be. Um, we do have, we know of two real position battles happening right now uh, with setter and middle blocker positions. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the players that are involved in those uh, show up and represent themselves. Um, I think probably the rest of the starting lineup is fairly well set in stone at this point. Um, you know, always an opportunity, uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the veterans coming back are, are likely going to be in those positions. We're, we're pretty confident on that. Um, you know, it's a lot of fun uh, just to kind of visit. Um, I don't know how much time there's going to be to visit with the team afterwards. I know there is an event afterwards for uh, Booster Club uh, that I will be going to, but, uh, you know, I don't know how much they'll have a um, just a more open environment for people to participate in but uh, uh yeah come down watch some fun volleyball um 
in the past couple of years, I think they've mostly done what we expect to be starters versus reserves. Um, but that doesn't always guarantee, particularly this team, doesn't always guarantee it's going to be a blowout of a match. Those can still be pretty close because we don't drop off much after our starters. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling at this point, but, you know, partly because I'm really excited about it. Uh from the team from last year, gone are two first-team All-Americans and Tori Dilfer and Anna Stevenson, which you, know, you never really hate. You, you never really want to see them go, but they graduated and they're gone, and they've, sure. they did great things here. The cards are bringing back in, though, uh, quite a bit of talent. And Anna DeBeer, obviously, an outside hitter who I, I'm just enamored over and in love with. Uh, Michael Jones, Elena Scott's back, too. Amaya mm-hmm. Tillman is back. And Claire Chaussey, uh all very integral parts of this team last year coming in off the bench uh, to maybe try and grab a couple of these starting roles. Uh, Fikran Khan, they call her PK in the middle. She certainly, I think uh, from all reports and actions that I've heard on her, somebody who could step in and be an impact in the middle, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And then of course, Raquel Lazario, Take it over for Tori Dilfer. She comes into us from being the Pac-12 freshman of the year when she was out on the left coast and now here on campus to try and give the cards a good year as a graduate at uh, that uh, position, et cetera. Uh, Jared should be fun, and you'll be uh, quite busy, I'm sure, getting photos of all the players in action. Oh, yeah, and the red and black scrimmage is a lot more relaxed. Everyone's having more fun smiling uh, so you it's a lot easier to get some of those smiling and, and happy pictures which granted last year going undefeated there's plenty of reason to smile each match too uh, but yeah i think it's just gonna be one of those nice relaxed matches it should be a good crowd i'm gonna make sure i wear a t-shirt and shorts and prepare for this yeah. not pleasant hbac unit and Maybe one of these days they'll have industrial-sized fans down there for the players, at least. It's, they are dripping and pouring and sweat down there on the benches. It's kind of scary to see. Yeah, always be, always warm in the LNN, I see. Yeah. yeah, you can heat up in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, in my just brief experience of a couple games in there, too, I was kind of like, man, this is hot. And I don't normally get too hot at facilities, but... So, so Case, we're looking at a squad here, though, that, that returns the vast majority of what they had. It'll be interesting to see how Danny and, and Dan kind of divide it up to see who is playing against who at what times and then what switches are made. Uh, I'm particularly excited to see what happens to a newcomer to the team and what they'll do with her, though, Case. And Sydney Shetnan, who played basketball last year, uh, will be on the volleyball squad this year. As Danny pointed out on Media Day, she hasn't played volleyball in two years. Don't expect a whole lot of her, but she can certainly block shots. I'll be interested to see what else she can do, sir. Yeah, um, and she's playing. Uh, she plays a position that is one of the biggest question marks on the team, like we've talked about. Um, two front line. I, I don't know if Seth's real, setter's really a front line position. Uh, probably yeah, she's not. She's a middle blocker. Uh, well, I'm saying. I'm yeah. saying the two frontline positions that have oh, yeah, yeah. have to be replaced so much. Uh, yeah. The critical middle positions, I guess you could say. Um, she I plays one of those. She was an outside. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, <laughs> so a lot of opportunity there um, for her to try and step in one of those roles. Uh, Louisville may be playing a fair amount of 
musical chairs in that position, especially today, trying to trying to see exactly what they have. Um, but yeah, she'll she'll be interesting. And w- you all talked about it last week. I guess I missed the news. So she is officially no longer uh, two sport. She is she is, she is uh, dedicated not to volleyball. The bas- she's not listed on the basketball roster. Yeah, she is volleyball <clears throat> dedicated, and certainly I think that the just my opinion on it but if she had it all to do over again and they rethink the position she may have come in and just said you know i'm i appreciate the offer jeff walls but i think i'm going to just stick with volleyball but, you say that but yeah and then yeah she was gonna be sitting anyway yeah well she also got to go to two final fours last year yeah so she was even though she wasn't playing she was still living a pretty good life right there yeah she did. She didn't officially go with the team for her volleyball, but I think she gets a a ring, though. Correct, a final four ring. I don't think so. Cause I, I don't think she was listed as being on the team. No, she wasn't listed on. Oh, uh, yeah. so she didn't get does. credit for it at all. Ooh. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken on this, didn't she and PK uh, play together in high school, Jeff? Uh, they uh, so they went to different schools. They did. Okay, uh, I thought they were. Okay. The same they team. both list Washington. Oh no, they went to the same school. That's what it was. I couldn't remember. I, yeah. They they went to. It was either they went to different schools and played on the same club, or went to the same school and played on different clubs. Um, so, but yeah, they have played together. I think she would have been. It looks like a PK would have been a senior. Or no, I, I guess they would have played together for two years because year. Sydney's yeah. a, a redshirt freshman, so would have played together for two or three years. Yeah. So it'll be fun to see what develops down there with with that going on today and uh, i think another one of the, the things that i'm going to be looking forward to is uh you know when, when our, our our head coach and obviously you know with a plethora of players that she could have brought to the actual media day presser danny uh basically decided to, you know what i'm going to bring in a couple here maybe that you may not expect but i think they're going to do a very good job for me in this one was Elena Scott. Uh, handled herself excellently in the media breakdown and talk. And also, uh, Claire Chalce was there as well. Who, uh, no, Claire wasn't there. It was Amaya. Who? Oh, oh, Amaya Tillman. I'm sorry, it no. was Amaya Tillman. Excuse me. You are correct. Amaya Tillman was there. Who seemed a little... I know they're, they're talking about her more and more of a leadership and, and a growing role and a vocal aspect for the team this year but she seemed just a little bit i don't know if you would call it shy or, or she's nervous or uh, yeah she is soft-spoken in general yeah. um she is very insightful uh very intelligent uh and caring uh kind person and uh she is i, th- I think she that w- her leadership style will be more of a quiet leadership style uh, than someone that's a little bit more out there. You know, Tori Dofo is very up, up and out and and vocal. Iko is a very you know uh, charismatic person, very out there. Amaya is a little more reserved, a little more behind the scenes, and that's. Uh, but that can be a very effective leadership style when you're, you know, you're taking people aside privately and saying, "Hey, let's talk about this." Let's, you know, can be very useful. And I think that'll be more her her approach and her style of that. We'll certainly look forward to see how she's fitting into everything as well with this. So, you know, don't gather a whole lot from what happens out there today would be my suggestion and advice to the fans attending 
because there is going to be some substitution going on. As Jeff mentioned, there's going to be some lessening and lightening of some of the rules and things that they do out there. It's basically just a chance for them to get in the Nike's little scrimmage here against each other and give the fans a chance to see it. And I think everybody who's a volleyball fan has been waiting for that for quite a while, for sure, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so for like officials, they'll usually have two officials. They'll have an up and a down. Uh, and I, the two that usually come out for this are have been ha- fairly close to the program over the years. I think they're based in Louisville, and they're usually line judges. So they're kind of playing playing up, air quotes on that, into a higher level positions than they usually uh, but they don't. They usually don't have line judges, so like in and out on the baselines can be a little bit, hey, call it yourself sort of approach to it. But uh, you know, it's it's a scrimmage and it's you know, good natured and a lot of fun, uh, so they can pull that off. So that's that's where things sometimes get a little loose in a red and black scrimmage is that approach to things. Very high school tennis of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it is kind of yeah. No actual listing of any type of internet so obviously not on acc network extra but yeah i think think you can certainly follow twitter and and get some updates and and stuff like that Uh, we might even get to see them you know the elusive jeff tweet on this one a little bit (laughs) you never know it'll happen but uh, since uh the couple of the guys have got the boot scoot and boogie after the broadcast let's go ahead and uh jump right on into final thoughts right now so they can get out of here and get over there uh, and let's go ahead and start, I guess, with you, Jared, on final thoughts. Oh, I'm just living the uh, best life right now, honestly. We're, we've got sports back again, and I'm out there with my camera taking pictures. Uh, so I can't complain. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's what you've waited for all summer. And it's here now, and you're, you're taking a part of it then. And Thank all goodness. kind of happened here, yeah. <laughs> and I'll agree with you, too. It, it, it was an eventful summer and a lot of great things have happened so far this summer that weren't actually event related, but now we do have events and we're back into it. So all kind of second what Jared says, it's nice to be going back into the venues. It's nice going back in and, and seeing what's happening to seeing old faces, to meeting new people, to just being out there and watching an actual fall sport participating things. I'll get to see it again tomorrow, obviously with field hockey. The guys will get to see it today with women's soccer. It's back. You know, what's what's the old the old moniker? We're back. You know, they are back. And uh, you owe it to yourself to get out there and watch some of it. Because there's certainly some very good squads out there that we have participating in fall women's sports, guys. No doubt about it. Uh, Jared, what you got for me, man? You already got me. Oh, I just did, Jared. I'm sorry. I was scratching off my list. Uh, Jeff. Let's go to Jeff. Uh, yeah, you know, like we said, obviously, I'm thrilled that, that volleyball is back. Uh, that's been exciting. Uh, I've been able to make it out to a couple of soccer games, which is um, probably on par with what I normally do for a full season uh, for soccer. I don't usually get out to see those very much, but uh, I've been out to a couple, you know, partly just because the weather's been great uh, for it. So uh, I'm, I'm already kind of in in that mode a little bit, uh, which is great. Uh, but obviously super excited for volleyball. This is going to be a really good team this year. Uh, there's a lot of talent. I mean, they were a really good team last year, uh, but they're, I think they're going to be again. So, you know, the bandwagon is already pretty full, but, you know, jump aboard. There's, there's always room for more. Well, more on the bandwagon, not necessarily at L&N. 
<laughs> yeah. There's room on the bus, but once you get to the actual facility, there may not be room for right. it. Right. Exactly. That's a good way to wrap it up. Okay, get, so, get there early, basically. Yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. get there in there early. I mean, go, go line up now. Yeah. Doors open at one today. So there you are, Jeff. You'll just have enough time to run by and pick up mom and get over there, won't you? Yeah, that's that's the plan. Make sure you don't wear a green shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I got out of the volleyball shirt, actually, so I'm good. It's black. But, you know. uh, there you go. You make sure you're dressed properly. Case, what you got for me? Yeah. Um, I guess just to echo what everybody's been talking about, uh, unfortunate that I <laughs> keep missing uh, UofL women's soccer games. So it was one of the things I was excited to uh, be moving back into the city core uh, to get out some more of those. But I'll miss this week's as well. Um, hopefully... It should be one of the last ones. Uh, I haven't checked the schedule too hard. I might be on vacation for one of them too. So <laughs> maybe we'll we'll uh, surprise a bunch of people and get to host some postseason games to make up for the ones that I've missed during the regular season. But uh, I'm excited to get back out there and, and see more games and um, and maybe try to make my way to some of the other uh, fall sports this season as well. So uh, very excited, like Jeff and Jared have said, to, to have UofL Athletics to be active and rooting for again that's right we're back we're excited about it we hope you are too and hope that you'll get out and join us at some of the activities that the women's fall sports squads will be taking part in so uh basically uh, the the clock on the wall tells me it's a minute past noon so let's get it all out of here and we'll catch you next week at 11 a.m unless you know something we don't for another edition of the cardinal couple radio hour podcast everybody have a great rest of the weekend Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.